Oh, you wanted more. <laughs> and you can't keep up now. Welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. Tuesday, October the 19th, the year of our Lord, 2021. It is actually a pretty beautiful day out here on Capitol Hill. As beautiful as Capitol Hill can ever be. I actually took a six-mile run up and down the National Mall. Stood up next to uh, Honest Abe up there over at the Lincoln Memorial. So I'm feeling good, energetic. I hope you are too. There's a lot to talk about today. There's a lot going on that is kind of bubbling beneath the surface. And our guest today is somebody who gets all of that, understands the signal through the noise. Long-standing listeners of this show, uh, back when it was a television show, in fact, will remember Kane from citizenfreepress.com. I'm sure probably everybody who listens to this show goes to citizenfreepress.com every single day. I know I do. And I follow on Getter, on Twitter. It's just one of the most... Um, inimitable, let's say, uh, websites, news, aggregation sites out there. And so with that in mind, why delay any further? Let's bring in Kane from citizenfreepress.com. Kane, thank you so much for joining us once again. It's been a while here on the National Pulse. Glad to be here. This is going to be historic. I was waiting, man. How I was? How slow is Raheem going to talk during that intro? I gotta, it blew me away. <laughs> I got to kill two minutes of the intro, and it's funny that you mentioned that. See, you and I are always kind of accidentally in tune right. with each other, um, or at least, or at least TV production. Gonna, well, no, I tell you what, I'm going to do probably is change the intro music. <gasps> I know it's a big deal. Oh, so that's what you're covering for to cover for that. Yeah, the intro. Yeah, is just so too wait long. a sec. So there, there are several things. I'm going to ask yeah. a ton of questions today. So, number right. one, how many days in a row of a podcast is this? This is now three. This is three, and it's and it's four in the last five days. So we're back. Yeah, baby. that's that's. <laughs> I know. I got all that listeners know. I got the text message to do it Sunday, and I was going to golf. One of the rare times golfing in the last four and a half years, and it rained. And, oh, yeah, I know. I'll survive. Oh, man. Yeah, that was actually pretty decent Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Joe Biden, so. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. That was, oh, oh, you have a little button. You've got a button you push. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was excellent. You, were suddenly, you weren't British anymore. Yeah, so three days in a row, four out of the last five. That's impressive. The six-mile run, is that new? Have you always been a runner? I took up running um, in late July of this year, and I ran the Tunnel to Towers 5K through the tunnel uh, from Brooklyn to Manhattan uh, about a nice. month ago. And I've just—I wouldn't say I've fallen in love with it. It's very difficult to do, but the the, yeah. the what happens at the end of the run is worth the pain of the run. It just is. Do you um, get a run? Yeah. Do you get a runner's high? Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Natural energy. So how many people were in that uh, in that New York City bridges race? Do you know what? I, it must have been thousands. And, and uh, yeah. it was so difficult because in that tunnel, it gets so close and claustrophobic and stuffy and hot. And of course, it was... Still, oh, yeah. Yeah. still 85 degrees in Manhattan that day. It was just, it was grueling. But then you get through the tunnel and you see all right. of these people who are uh, serving as firemen or policemen and they're all holding up massive banners, like like six foot high banners of the people nice. who fell in 9-11, of the friends that they lost. And you just, you just, they're, and they're cheering you on, you know, they're going, come right. on, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm like, well, I should be standing there cheering you guys on, but it was just, right. it was such an amazing event. And anybody that wants to run it with me next year, you included Kane are more than welcome. <laughs> ah, yeah. That listened to a little laughter. That's good. That's a good story. Uh, so what is DC? What's the, what's the move? You're out there, you're on the streets. You went and visited Abe Lincoln today, your six mile run. 
what? It's probably in the sixties. Uh, yeah, it's about it's about yeah, it's in the mid sixties today. Mm-hmm. So fall is taking over DC. Do do people? Is sort of the elite deep state lobbying class? Are they just resigned? What I'm curious about is on the right, we're a little you know both sides are in an echo chamber, but so we can stay in our own worlds. I'm just wondering what because DC is 95 percent Democrat. Oh yeah. How do they like? What do they like when you go to bars, when you go to restaurants, and you talk to Democrats, people from across the aisle? Do they admit that Biden is a blundering fool? That this administration is failing on all these different levels, 100%. or do they just nope, 100%. they admit it? They 100%. Admit it. Uh, and, and they and they love it. They love it because the lobbyists. <laughs> no, they do. The lobbyists and the interests realize that without strong leadership, uh, they have more power. They can take their ideas and their clients' requirements to the to the very top, and it's far easier yeah. to get the, to get their way. Uh, they love it. They drink to it. They cheers to it. Um, and let me tell you something, my experience, uh, the, the little amount of time I've spent in Washington, D.C. this summer, um, is that these people are fully, fully cognizant and grateful for the fact that they have a, um, uh, you know, a zombie in, in the Oval Office. Yeah, that's frightening. That's disturbing to hear. It, you know, it's funny when you're a Democrat, right? And you've got a blundering president like we haven't seen since Gerald Ford and, and much worse, in fact, than Ford was. But you know that the media is on your side. You have nothing to worry about. You know that you're sort of any bad stories are going to be protected. They aren't going to be broadcast on 95 percent of the news. So it's, that's what I'm always thinking about. It's like how to get like Democrats. They just live in and in they're able to live in a completely different world because they have media protection. Yeah, and I mean, so, did, you, did you did you hear what Jen Psaki said today about the about no, the supply chain delays? Hold on, uh, maybe I can play this. I'm not even sure if I remember how to do this, but but let me let me get her to tell you. Let me try and get her to tell you herself. Just a question yeah. on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue. Yeah, um, actions that the president has taken. It, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world had been disrupted, even as, as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded, people, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill. Right, the tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. Talk about missing the point there. And also, aren't we in the middle of a health crisis? I mean, America's certainly in the throes of, obese, of, of an, in an obesity crisis, right? And she's making fun of the fact that people are trying to get healthier and they can't get yeah. the things that get them healthier. Now, listen, all right, I know treadmill is a luxury product to have in your house. I get that. But he said dishwashers. We're talking about all sorts of things here. And she has the temerity to stand up there and go, <laughs> the tragedy of the treadmill crisis. Give me a break. Yeah, Saki, and I missed it. I couldn't hear the guy. I missed the date, but wasn't he? It sounded like he was trying to frame it as a Trump problem. Did he not say like since the beginning of the pandemic of March of 2020? So it's sort of like the media giving her an opportunity to blame this on Trump and say that this started way before Biden, or did I get that day wrong? No, I think that's right. But I think also built into that question was saying, hey, you guys have known about this coming down the pipeline for a very long time. You say you're the grown-ups right. in the room. You say that you prepared right. for this. And we've now known about this now, you know, problem for coming up for two years, and you still don't have a plan. Yeah, and Buttigieg is on maternity leave. <laughs> chest feeding did you see i'm sure you saw the photo right the breastfeeding photo with the fake chest, the fake plastic chest feeding chest yeah. feeding chest feeding yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know i know i don't i need i need work on my language oh and today you know the first female four-star officer is a man yeah he's a man i called him richard you know it's always a really interesting decision i have to make when i do a story on a transgender is what name do i use you know right and so Richard goes by Rachel now, and the photo was, yeah, the photo was insane. And here's a question. I didn't have time to do research. Does Richard Levine have any military experience? No. None. Not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, that people were asking that in, in, in CFD Nation. But yeah, they make him a four-star admiral. They use, and people, you know, on Twitter, it's it's sort of a broken record to say what people on Twitter are saying, but. They were, you know, in general, the replies were, were plaudatory and were, you know, like this would have never happened under the Trump administration and all other kinds of crap, which actually is sort of 
Well, it wouldn't have happened. That's, that's certain under Trump. But, you know, they try to always make it seem like Trump was horrible for gay rights. And we know he was probably the most open for to, to in em- embracing gays of any Republican president. He's a um, New Yorker. So anyway. He saw it every day, you know? Yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. You've got this picture at the bottom of your story on this. It says Levine and um, Mark Milley yep. attended the, uh, the same high school. Same high school. But were yep. they the same person? the question because (laughs) you know that juxtaposition there in that picture i don't know like they could be related well well, they played on the same they played on the football team together that even gets more interesting it was a lancaster i think it was a private school in lancaster and they they both played on the football team um yeah it's it's bizarre the whole thing is bizarre uh in promoting you know, because you wonder every calculation, right? All of these things are political calculations. So when, when, when they're thinking, you know, when we make this move, is it going to hurt us with our base? Is it going to hurt us with independence? Is it going to hurt us with Republicans? Well, obviously they don't get Republican votes for the most part. Mm. So it's, it's a weird calculation. I have to think independents don't really like this kind of stuff. I think it's, I don't know. Oh, we'll no, see. I think you're we'll- absolutely correct because what they do where their minds go is not to, like, you know, hatred for this individual. That's not where anybody's minds go on this, I don't believe. I mean, you know, barring the fringe of the fringe, I think right. their minds go to, oh, this is the type of person that's stopping my daughter being able to win, uh, you know, gold medals in track. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. The moderates and the independents yeah. do not like to see this stuff. But that's the thing about the regime. Right? They don't care yeah. what people like. They're not interested in what you're interested in. They have this this government right now. Yeah. I never thought I'd be able to say this, Kane. The the American government has not one iota, not one scintilla of interest in what the American public thinks. And I think that's part of the capture of, of the party by the far left. But you mentioned the transgender thing, so I want to go there quickly. I posted it, you probably saw it. The headline that um from the daily mail this week mm-hmm. that or maybe yeah last week that that the, there was a study on 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 men transgender men doing girls sports and obviously the left has tried to push the whole time that oh no they have two years of of taking hormones and they've lost all of their strength which is just absolute nonsense if you see the photo of the of the olympic weightlifter yeah. Um, still had the muscular, you know, the muscular build of a man. And there was an MMA fight even a month ago w- with a trans man fighting as a woman. And he, she was so much bigger than her female, uh, than his female opponent. Oh, I, don't, yeah, I it, don't fancy my chances against Rachel Levine in a fist fight. Yeah, well, yeah, no. I mean, she's, uh, you can't tell how big she is, but, but uh, she played football with Millie, so she learned how to fight. So, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware of it, the website is citizenfreepress.com. And I think you have some, some something to tell us about the success of Citizen Free Press. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, I, brought, I made the numbers public this morning at about 5 a.m. when I finished working for the day. Mm-hmm. So, people, before I say this, people really have to understand how bizarre and how surreal all of this is. You know the story, Raheem, because you've had... You've had me on from the beginning, but I'm just a guy in an office in Bloomington, Indiana. I worked for CNN for, for Lou Dobbs and Moneyline, so I have journalism experience. But for the most part, I'm, I, I was a retired trader who was golfing and had a great life. And I, I always thought that there should be an alternative to drugs. And so I started it four and a half years ago when no one was really turned against drugs yet. It was April of 2017. He hadn't really turned against Trump. You know, it, it was just to be an alternative. So I literally on that day, without telling anyone, without getting any media coverage, I didn't read out, reach out to any writers, nothing. I, I just sort of sat down and started writing snarky, snarky headlines. Mm-hmm. I decided just to take my revenge, you know, on all of these people and the media, which I, whom I hate so much. And so just to fast forward four and a half years later, what I'm about to tell you. So yes, the numbers, these are all available on similar web and, and uh, they're all public. And for the first time, and I got the confirmation of this from Bannon himself, who was running Breitbart in 2012 after Andrew had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the first month since 2012 that Breitbart has finished number two in monthly page views for all, con- you know, for conservative sites in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We've gr- Citizen has grown from one reader to 500, you know, about 500,000 daily readers now. Mm-hmm. And we did 
in U.S. page views, we did 116 million page views last month. Breitbart did, I think it was about 112 million. Wow. Um, yeah, it's not. That is, anyway. just, let me just unpack that a little bit. You, you talked about SimilarWeb there. I don't know if any, uh, most people are aware of SimilarWeb. I mean, this is a, a, a pretty, I mean, a very neutral, just a data collection oh, yeah. thing on websites that rank sites. With and- 200 PhDs, and they're a public company. They, you know, they do their best to get all the particulars of traffic for all public sites. And the reason, just so people know, the reason this is important is SimilarWeb is the only public place that you can go and look up the the details of traffic for any website, right? Yeah. So if you run a website like you do, mm-hmm. you want to know how your competitors are doing, how you're doing. So it's it's a huge resource that exists. And the reason I started doing these monthly ratings about five months ago was because Drudge started doing them. Yep. Every month, I had it, there's a bit of a backstory to this. I did a story about Drudge's traffic failing, falling 65%. This is about a year ago I did the story. Mm-hmm. Drudge saw, saw the story. Three days later, he had his traffic profile removed from Quantcast after having had it there 18 years. And he had it removed. And so there was no longer a way to sort of track Drudge's traffic. But I pointed out that he, you know, how he used to say famously, thanks a billion every month. And he was yeah. saying, you know, more than a billion pages. Well, it was down to 500,000 or so. And so I pointed this out, but so Drudge felt, felt it. You, you could tell because his next headline was that he did on traffic was thanks 500 million. And it was kind of tongue in cheek. So he knew, but anyway, the point was about five or six months ago, he started doing these blue graphs every month, these blue charts at, as soon as the similar web numbers became available. And he chose page views, uh, which is of course the measurement you want to use because as you know, that's how you get paid in this industry from advertising is how many times your page loads with an ad on it. Sure. So there are, there, in other words, there's several metrics. There's, there's visitors, visits, and page views. But so anyway, Drudge started doing this and he never included us. He never included Citizen Free Press, even though we would have fit in, this is six months ago, near the bottom of his list. And it pissed me off. And I, so I decided to start doing my own. And in this year, we've grown. Since I did the first one, we had 72 million, I think, in May, 72 million U.S. page views. And it grew, like I said, to 116 million last month. It was actually in August, which was a bigger month for everyone because of Afghanistan, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did 124 million U.S. But but we weren't we hadn't beat Breitbart. Breitbart was still ahead by a couple million. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it's crazy. So let me let's put this into perspective for people. So on on this web news race post that you have up on citizenfreepress.com right now, September 2021, uh, the Daily Wire 40 million, uh, the LA Times 49 million, uh, Zero Hedge 64 million, uh, the Gateway Pundit 78 million, uh, Politico 107 million, Wall Street Journal 111 million, Breitbart 112 million, HuffPost 112 million. Citizen Free Press, 116 million. Uh, then you have your kind of, you know, uh, the New York Times and, and Drudge who get, uh, you know, New York Times has 607 million. Drudge has 562 million. Washington Post, yep. 279. New York Post, 173. But your trajectory, your growth. And I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, not just, not just hey, well done, Kane. You're running a, a great site and you're getting a lot of traffic. What does it tell you? What does it mean about the um, the 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 thirst for not just not just real conservative news, but also the way you present it, right? The snarky headlines. Uh, I th- I just think it's it's an unparalleled aggregator. Mm-hmm. Those are well. There's a lot there. Those are very kind words. Um, here, a little thought. You know, as long as you went through those numbers, and that's a, it's a great chart. You know, I'm going to do. You'll find this in your month. Similar web allows you to break down traffic mm-hmm. by direct, by search, and by referral. And and what's really interesting is those the ones above me, right? New York Times, Washington Post, and New York Post. They get a huge amount, only about thirty to well, okay, I know the actual numbers. New York Times, it's fifty percent, so only half their ta- traffic is direct. Um, in the case of New York Post, it's thirty five percent. So what a lot of those sites, people are wondering, why do they have such high page views? Well, they're the number one Google search result for everything, right? Anything political and even non-political, New York Times and New York Post and Washington Post all come up first. So that dramatically inflates their traffic numbers, right? And I call those kind of visitors flybys. They aren't users of your website. They don't come back. They're, you're usually on mobile phones. 
and and they see your story, they find your story in, in Google search and or, or on social media and they come very quickly. We get none of that at Citizen Free Press. We do not have a Facebook page. We have pretty much no Twitter presence whatsoever. So it's all, almost all of ours is direct traffic. Now, you, back to your bigger question of what does it mean? You know, it's, it's weird. A huge part of the success of Citizen Free Press is, are the commenters, right? You know it, it from visiting. The, the oh, site yeah. gets more than, tw- yeah, 20,000 comments a day, right? It's, I do not require registration um, to comment. And it's one of the few places that doesn't. So it's really the largest open platform anonymous because there's no tracking, right? You don't have to register. So you aren't being tracked. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, it, so that's a big part of the success, right? People, people arrive at the site to a certain story and they see 450 comments, right? And, and so they're intrigued. They think, wow, this, you know, this site must get to get a decent amount of traffic. So that's part of what's made it grow. But, but back to your thirst question, it's out there, man. It's, you know, there's room for, well, it's, it's, a, there is an absolute thirst on our side. Because, why? Because 95% of the rest of the media is against us. It's what we talked about, what I talked about briefly before with the bias. It, you know, I've talked about this recently with Howard Polskin, who does, who, who, who analyzes sort of right wing traffic. And he, he pointed out there's very few big sites on the left. And the reason for that is they, everything's leftist, right? You don't need left-wing sites when you have Washington Post and New York Times and all of the television media and all of these networks. But we don't have any of that. We have Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, um, you know, War Room, and then we have our blogs. And that's all, anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what Citizen Free Press is. Is I mean, obviously it's an aggregator, but I try. If I do a hundred stories a day, I try to do seventy or eighty of my own. Just it didn't originally start that way, as you know. It was many, much more out uh, outbound links, and it's going to go back to more outbound links in the future. But it, it, it's that people demanded to be able to comment. They're always like, "Kane, why can't we comment on this story? You link to National Pulse, or you link mm. to PJ Media. You know what? We want to comment." So. Well, that makes, I'll let you it, jump it, in. It, it I'll make, let you jump it, in. It, it makes well. I just love listening to you. It makes sense. Um, the one of the reasons we don't have a, a comment section on our site is just how long it takes to kind of uh, moderate out yeah. things that, yep. that our uh, hosts would would pull the website down for. You know, you'll always get some right. trolls and some people who are trying to push the boundaries. And it's not us. Yep. I don't care if people want to scream blue murder in the comments. It just, it, you know, that's the nature of public discourse. But these, these tech tyrants, these big companies, will pull the entire site down if they, right. especially if somebody reports them, and I don't know if you know this, we lost one of our advertising partners recently, and it cost us circa forty thousand um, dollars because wow. they just, yeah. They, I mean, to part, you know, pardon my French for the people in the audience who keep leaving comments saying uh, I've got a potty mouth, but they just pussied out, you know. And uh, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't kind of take that risk as a very, you know, we are a small site, we're a boutique site, we do investigative work. Um, and, and if we get pulled down, if we get a legal bill, I mean, you know, I might have to shut up shop overnight, frankly, if I got a legal bill from one of these companies, but I know you had other questions for me. I know you wanted to, you know, make this a, you know, the single greatest podcast ever (laughs) in the history of podcasts. So I want to throw it back to you. You seem, you seemed, especially when I called you this morning, uh, and, and we're talking about doing this, you seemed like you had a lot to get off your chest or maybe to pry out of my chest. So what is there? Yeah, bo- both. In fact, it's just, I mean, my excitement in general was one, we haven't, we haven't been together on the air since, uh, since the national Pulse TV show. Yeah. And, um, and then two, I knew that we'd be able to talk about the, um, the inner workings, the, the, the behind the scenes stuff about how websites work and how traffic works. And I know that people find that stuff really, really interesting. So I was looking forward to that talk. Yeah. But as for questions for you, you don't even remember after my first TV appearance, I was like, man, on the next show, I was like, I want to do a, a question and answer session with you because my readers had so much. So the first thing I want to talk about, I use this photo a lot of you. It's when you were young without a beard and you're with, uh, Lady Thatcher. Yeah. All right. It's you tweeted it out once. I didn't tell you. I saw the photo. I saw your tweet. I copied it. I was like, I'm going to use that photo in the future. So 
tell people a little bit about that photo in that moment because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people. I mean, politics is full of people who just kind of go to these events to take pictures with the um, with you know with the principal and the important person to make themselves feel more important. A friend of mine, I would say a friend of mine, a colleague of mine. No, I'm I'm kidding for when he listens to this and hears it. Matthew Tierman is notorious for this. Uh, people will know him from the uh, from the Hunter Biden hard drive stuff, and he's now uh, working closely with Getter and other groups, and he works closely with Project Veritas. But he is notorious for posting on his Facebook. Every time he's anywhere near any famous person or whatever, and it's, I find that to just be total, total cringe. There are rooms that I've been in and, and things, people I've been around and, and things I've seen uh, that kind of I look back sometimes and think, oh, I wish I had taken a picture of that. And this, this picture with Margaret Thatcher, with Lady Thatcher, as you say, is um, one of those moments where that wasn't a picture I asked to be taken. Somebody had just taken it and sent it to me. And right. I wish you I, weren't right. You weren't even. Lo- How old were you? That's a good question. Um, I must have been twenty-five. It must have been okay. twenty-five. So done with the university. Yeah. Yeah. As young as I looked, I was. T- I was in my mid-twenties. Um, it was. Yeah. It, I, it was an event at, at the Guildhall in in the city of London. And it was a big reception and there was going to be a big banquet dinner in her honor later on that evening. And I worked for one of the groups that was putting on this event. Um, my, I mean, much to my chagrin, my boss came up to me at the time and he said, you know, Raheem, unfortunately, <laughs> the British government doesn't provide Lady Thatcher with much in terms of security. She had one short, I mean, I'm talking like five foot three female police officer with her. And he said, Stunning. and she's getting overwhelmed. Uh, you know, she, we put her on the ch- in, uh, in a chair in the middle of the room because so many people want to talk to her and meet her and shake her hand and, and tell her that they love her. Uh, but she's getting overwhelmed and, and we don't have the ability to, to, to deal with that. So, Raheem, if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you just stand next to her, puff your chest out and, <laughs> and, and, and discourage people from A, taking too long with her and B, getting too, uh, too much in her personal space? And so that's what I did. I kind of acted as the, uh, the stand-in bodyguard for Lady Thatcher for the evening. And, and, and I'm ever so grateful for it because she was, look, I'm not going to say like any other politician, I'm not going to say she was perfect and that she did everything correctly, but she was her demeanor, her spirit, the, the, the spirit in which she went to work every day for the nation mm-hmm. was just, was just, we haven't had a good one since quite frankly. Um, and so and I you, was just honored to be, to be in, you know, reveling in that, gl- that, that reflected glow that she was giving off that night. So you were already pretty heavily into politics at 25, or not? Yeah, I mean, I, more policy at that time than politics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would I would hang out at the the Marquis of Granby pub, for those that know it, in, in Westminster, and the Red Lion, and you'd, you know, you'd meet these figures. That's that's how I met Nigel as well, was just hanging out at a Westminster pub, and that's an interesting oh, you story. Mean, you met him? Let's hear it. You met Nigel at a pub. <laughs> well, so we, we Nigel wasn't. I mean, he was famous, but he wasn't kind of like wildly famous in in 2012, uh, 2013. Those those were the years where uh, the establishment kind of liked him around as the comic relief. He was the kind of pressure valve to everything. They never really thought that he and UKIP, uh, and I say that staring at a big big picture of uh, a UKIP billboard and a big picture of Nigel Farage that I have up on my wall uh, in front of me here. And they didn't think he was going anywhere. So he was just kind of the man about Westminster. He turned up at the pub, smoke uh, a couple of fags, cigarettes, um, have a few mm-hmm. pints, um, and, and tell people why Britain needed to be independent of the EU and why we needed to not adopt the euro. And, you know, kind of the, the establishment types would kind of just go, oh, yeah, that's funny. Keep smoking your fags and drinking your pints. Very funny, mate. And, you know, because these are the types of people who drink, I don't know, quin- yeah. quinoa smoothies or whatever. And um, no. so one day there's the birthday party for a lady called Joanne Heldich. She was a BBC producer. Uh, at a at a fancy restaurant called the Rue in Parliament Square, and I'm upstairs at this party, very nice, very swanky, and you know, a, a boy from West London, born into an immigrant family, you know, no airs and graces about me, uh, you know, pretty shitty university I went to, um, really not a great school I went to, but I just I cared and I just wanted to get involved, so I would just show up everywhere, right, and get in people's faces right. and talk to them and make friends and figure out what was going on. 
And I went downstairs uh, outside to smoke a cigarette on the pavement. And standing out there was Nigel Farage. Now, we had, we had, you know, said hello to each other in passing at Westminster pubs, but I'd never really had a one-on-one conversation. So I walked up to him, said, do you mind if I join you? He's always welcoming to everyone. He's, he says, you know, he? yeah, he goes, no, of course, old boy, you know, puff away. Right, right, um, right. So we get this to talk. This is great. This is great. <laughs> you, only you <laughs> can get this stuff out of me, by the way. Um, we get to talking, and uh, the night before, I had taken a young lady who shall remain nameless out to dinner at a restaurant in Westminster, and she was just a good friend of mine. She had actually dated another friend of mine. I wasn't interested in, in, in hooking up with her or whatever. But she comes walking along, greets Nigel, greets me, and says, um, and says, Nigel, did you know Raheem took me out last night? We had two bottles of, of, of rosé and two dozen oysters, and he didn't even try and fuck me. And, <laughs> and Nigel looks at me, looks me up and down, and goes, what the hell is wrong with you? And, just, and that was how we made friends. That was how we met. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a great Nigel story. Um, so, yeah, there were all these all these ridiculous yeah i mean you want to talk some memory i mean i'm staring at the picture of us in in donald trump's uh in his living room two days after the 16 election and again you know the conversations and the just the things in that room are just so funny i mean uh, i'll save some for the autobiography right well now i know why you said that only i could get that story out of you i did not expect that punchline (laughs) (laughs) the two bottles of wine in your date That's so classic. He does seem like a man of the people. And I had no idea that in 2012 he was just hanging out in in, in uh, pubs because he wasn't, as you said, it wasn't really Brexit time yet. So he hadn't become famous. UKIP hadn't become big. It's just, it's interesting to hear that stuff. Well, the funny thing um, is he still does. He still does. The, the only difference right. is now he's he has to have security everywhere. You know, so right. he refuses right. to give up, you know, what he loves and that lifestyle and London as a, as a, as a as a place right uh so but now he has to have a driver and security and it's all you know none right. of it's paid for by the state none of right. it's picked up by the taxpayer it's all privately paid for um right. and it's, it's just it's it's such a sad thing to watch when i mean most people are friendly actually towards him most people i would say 80 percent of the interactions that he has on the street are people who are just going come on nigel yeah um right but, but the odd one or two that you get it's just it's so sad that a man who is desperately worked to say i mean this guy remember nigel could have been a multi multi-millionaire maybe even a billionaire if he had stuck to working in the city and working in the metals exchange and all of those things that he did before and at 29 years old he decided you know what i i just i have to make sure that we don't enter the euro i have to make sure that we leave the european union and that's what he's done all of his life and it's so sad to watch people who've never done a a thing like that in their lives be abusive towards him That's what I was. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Actually, is what is the reception like for him in the bars when in the pubs when he goes? And and I didn't know that history of him that he gave up a metals trading career, a super successful metals trading career to to keep to get UK out of the EU. And I'm going to have to do more research on him. It it's you know people should know how I'll have facts wrong. I'm sure as I say this, but. Raheem, people listening, you know, Raheem was, you were head of the UK Independence Party maybe before you were 30. Is this correct, sir? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was Nigel's chief advisor. Uh, that's you were his chief advisor. He, you ran. That's what it was. You ran for the head of UK Independence and Independence Party, correct? Yeah, for like for like a week uh, until I oh, realized okay. that there was the so that there was a there was a six week long um, election process to take over from Nigel. And I was twenty nine years old. I was back in London on a on a little bit of a vacation, and I thought to myself, we can't have UKIP uh, being pulled to the left, which is basically what all the other candidates were standing for, uh, making it more woke, making it more. Uh, lefty liberal fluffy uh doing pr and all that kind of you know crap stuff mm-hmm. that has changed the conservative party into a left-wing party too and so i threw my right. hat in the ring just to just to be able to make some public speeches and public statements right. about the importance right. of the direction of where the party went uh they didn't listen to me and now you could polls are i think under one percent um but uh but hey ho that's the way things go i was i i dropped out because i was told by the party chairman 
at a at a at a hustings, uh, which was a was a, uh, a an event with donors where they were going to be able to weigh and measure all the different candidates. The party chairman effectively uh, looked me up and down, and he said, "Even if you won the election, we wouldn't let you take over the party anyway." So. I said, well, you know, it's a bridge too far. Uh, I, 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 I happen to believe they would have stitched up the actual election rather than, rather than anything post-election. Uh, and I just thought to myself, you know, I've got this ability and offer to go and work in America. Uh, why, why would I give that up when these guys are already telling me that, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not, we're not going to allow you to take the reins of this party? Right. We will and, I, and, I don't, you. and I don't regret it. Yeah, it's... It- it's interesting. So you were obviously at 29 when you do that for a week. You were already fully friends with Nigel. Had you? Yeah, that's uh, that's after I'd worked for him for years and years. Oh, that's after you'd worked for him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing so, people don't understand is that p- British political campaigns are run on a shoestring. Um, you know, you can really only spend about £10,000 per constituency, per district, uh, in wow. the 30-day election period before before polling day. And so when Nigel was running in South Thanet in 2015, I mean, we would share we would share a house. We You know, we... we he slept on a mattress on the floor. I slept in a single bed. Um, we had a a nineteen inch, uh, you know, television that we had got from Argos or something like that. You know, a little uh-huh. little so, and that was it. That was all that there was in the house. I remember us coming home one night. We had been down the pub, and which is where we did most of our best campaigning. Um, and we'd been down the pub. Might have had, might have had a little bit too much, and uh, we were hungry. And Nigel comes back to the apartment uh, that we were sharing, and he says. He says, what, what have you got in? Because he hadn't been there for a few days. He says, what have you got in? I said, well, I've got some leftover Chinese from the night before. He said, oh, no, 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 that won't do. He marches outside. It's probably midnight. Marches outside to his car, opens the boot, comes back in with a cooler bag, the trunk, m- comes back inside with a cooler bag, whacks it down on the table, unzips it, pulls out two big, fresh lobsters, and just cracks them <laughs> open and starts scooping them into his mouth. And I said, um, I said, where, where did you get these lobsters from that are just sitting in your trunk in a cooler bag? And he just looked at me. He goes, man's got to have lobsters. <laughs> just bizarre. Wow. Now, I didn't get any yeah. of the lobster, by the way. I had to eat the leftover Chinese food. Wow, that's a classic story. He sounds like, yeah, what a great guy to have beers with. What oh, a great yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've and, always liked him. I did. I knew nothing about him until Brexit. You know, before Brexit happened, and I just I fell in love with him because he was so ballsy. You know, he was so Trumpish. It's the same thing. It's the whole. It's the whole. Screw the media. Screw all of you. You know, this is the truth. Stop lying. Uh, the people believe in what we believe, and it's just I, I I fall prey. You know, I love that attitude, and that's why I like Nigel. And so anyway, because you know we are going to be limited. I have no idea how much time. I keep looking at the clock, so I do have a cup another. If I need to get one more question for Raheem, this is a question that CFP Nation has every time um, you I post something about you, which is when the hell is Raheem going to be back on television? And before you answer, I just want to say because I said this in the first interview, and I'm not blowing smoke. I work. I was a junior producer, then a regular producer at Moneyline. Whatever. I don't like. I don't like compliments. You don't like them either, but you're really good. You have a supreme talent to bullshit on the air without, <laughs> with, without a written script. Tucker's a great writer. I know that when you write a script, you're a fantastic writer as well, but you have, you have an ability that he, that he doesn't have. And I don't really think anyone I watch, you know, I watch more political news than, than anyone should. And all I'm ever doing is analyzing these people um, and, and their skill sets. And there really isn't and you think I'm blowing smoke, but I'm not. There really isn't someone with this bullshitting skill set, non-scripted bullshitting skill set that you have. And I, I, along with CFP Nation, believe that your future, if it is not in politics, that it, that it is on television, the big contract. I'm talking about one of the three or four time slots. And I'm talking five, ten years down the road. One of the three or four top time slots at Fox News with a $20 million a year contract, fulfilling all of the dreams of your grandmother that she always thinks that she always knew you could achieve. So to get there, are, one, are you going to embrace this as, as a, a possibility in your future? Two, I, you know, you know the path I've always said, like you get a, you're better than anybody who would be, you know, there's a couple good people on Newsmax. Um, well, whatever, I'll stop. I'll go back to the question. Do you see this in your future, Raheem? 
Not, um, not voluntarily. <laughs> I mean, with, <laughs> with, with, a, with a gun to my head, perhaps. I, I, look, it's, it's, you know this, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. It's so draining. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 let me put it into perspective for people. Uh, doing a, we used to do this one-hour television show at 3 p.m. on Real America's Voice. That one hour took all day to plan and produce. Yep. Uh, if there was a monologue, uh, booking guests, um, liaising yep. with producers, making sure you have the right clips up, the right audio up, the right chirons up, um, right. You, you know, all of this stuff. And it's so labor-intensive that by the end of the show, i.e. by 4 p.m. every day, I was not just exhausted, but then punishing my body more by going and having six or seven martinis at Morton's just to take the edge off, you know? Right. And then right. you wake up in the right. morning and you do the same thing, and it's, it's so very difficult. The people who do this, right? And let's take, let's take someone like Jack Posobiec as an example who has his new show. Um, he has endless amounts of energy, just endless amounts of energy. And I can't profess to have that. Um, what I have, as you say, is the ability to turn, you know, dead air or dead space or, or whatever into, into, you know, something interesting. Yeah. When it, you speak, it's, you always have unique thoughts and it's interesting, but go ahead. Yeah. I, God gave me a gift to just blab and, 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 and make sure that that blabbery was interesting. Right. And that's, and, and I, I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but that's why I think this format probably lends to a little better. I would prefer to go the radio route honestly because it right. cuts a lot of the a lot of the uh, televisual yep. uh you know crap that you have to deal with out i would get so stressed and this is no i'm, I'm not trying to dunk on anybody at real america's voice or any producer or anything like that mistakes happen right in the industry but i would get so stressed if one of my guests names was spelled incorrectly on the chiron i would just my blood right. would boil and most right. most people at home don't even notice or see that right so like why do right. i care because I care. I care about the product. I care about its integrity. I care that other people in the industry aren't looking at that and going, what a bunch of rank amateurs. And so I just, it, it was it was destroying me, honestly. It was just, it was hurting me to a point where I just had to throw my hands up and say, you know what? It's better that I take some time time back to myself and, and figure out what the best way to communicate with the, with the wider public is. And I think, you know, I used to, I host, I guest hosted the Sean Hannity radio show. I guest, I used to guest host for Buck Sexton on his radio show. I love this which is what right. I'm doing right now, which is there's a microphone, there's no camera in this room, um, and, yeah. and, I, and I've, got, I, I've got a great guest and I've got my laptop. And that, yeah. I think, is the most compelling type of content out there. Um, I, I'm very well, grateful for your, for your, for your um, compliments. Um, I just, please, I, I, don't, I yeah. really don't want to. Well, a couple of thoughts. The first thought I had is, what if it was your only job? So as you were saying that, I kept thinking, well, you know, what if you had a mat, you know, because in this future, you would have a massive production staff and a lot of these things would be taken care of, but it would still be, as people say, it's an hour a day, but you spend 10 hours preparing for it and then three hours recovering from it afterwards. And it takes a toll. The second thought is radio. That's a fantastic idea and I for you. And I had no idea that you had filled in for Hannity. Radio agents should be paying attention because whatever, because of the stuff I said before, because you're really, really good at this. It's, it's, so if well, I'll tell you a secret. I'll tell you a little secret, yep, a little secret story. Um, so I guested for for uh, Sean in the studio up in New York once, and as I finished and I left the studio, I said to the producer, uh, who was a friend of mine at the time, I said to her, "So how did you know? How do you think it went?" She goes, oh, "I don't think we can have you back." I said, "Why not?" She goes, <laughs> "She goes, she goes. They they liked you more than they like him." Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I knew that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I mean, sure, she was just blowing smoke up my ass, but it was right, a nice thing to right. hear. Right, and it's, you know, and then the voice is even more prevalent with when it's just radio and it's soothing, you know. For what so much, I'm sure there's been psychology work done on on why British accents seem soothing to, you know, to American ears. But, yeah, it's perfect. And, look, you can get, you know, you can be the first guy with a $20 million a year radio contract. So I'll, I'll continue to be your virtual agent. Happy to and I will that. <laughs> yeah, to take and I'll a advocate on your behalf. Um, so yeah, so well, and it's true, you know. I go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, well, let me let me because you're the guest. <laughs> well, you're supposed to be the guest on this show today. You've turned into the interviewer. Um, I want to I want to throw a question back because we are short on time. We've got about five minutes left. I, I want to throw a question back okay. back at you here. You've obviously had just rip roaring success now with Citizen Free Press. 
Um, where is the where does the future lie for you? Where does the future lie for the site? What are your what are your what are your plans? Five hundred million by the end of twenty twenty four. Here's what it's about. You figure this out about me. I care. Look, I'm a news junkie. I've always loved news. But that's your applause. Are you there? That's okay. Your applause. Oh. <laughs> but even more than being a news junkie, what I am is competitive. I. I had a brother 12 months older, so my entire life was, I was trained on, on competition. And so from the beginning, you know, it's, it's, it's been about growth and, and seeing the numbers every single day. People have no idea how much, I've got six or seven different metric services that I use. So yes, I'm fixated on growth. You know, it's stunning. It is literally completely stunning to me that Citizen passed Breitbart, right? I never imagined that. In, in January of 2019, as I've told you, I was sitting there after running the site for almost two years and I had 5 million page views a month. And that's nothing to snap, you know, that's fine. That's in fact fantastic. Yeah. 5 million, you can make a good living. You can, if you put ads up, you can, you know, it, it puts you in the top 30 or 40 conservative sites. But, but that was, you know, so just the idea that it's grown from 5 million to, you know, my, my actual Cloudflare, actual server numbers for people, you know, these are people who don't get, see, Similar web and Google Analytics don't count people who have ad blockers and privacy blockers because they block the trackers. And so a good part of your audience and my audience, because we have the same audience, about 40% is not being tracked by Google Analytics and by these other services. Right. So my actual server number, when I mentioned that I did 116 million, it was 161 million on my Cloudflare server number. So to, my point was to go from 5 million two and a half years ago to 160 million. It's literally, it's, it's, it's surreal that it's happened. Um, the growth is every month, you know, it, it really is organic. People share it. It's, it's six or 7,000 reg, new regular readers every month. And that turns in just to a certain number of page views. So I sort of know the growth and, and I make predictions in my head all the time and it sort of meets them. But now punditry in me, I could give a shit. The only show I like appearing on is your show and war room. Um, I even had a chance some Tucker Carlson producers reached out to Spencer and I had a chance and I was like, well, maybe in a year or two, you know, I, I don't really even like none of that sort of appeals to me because of all the work, like you said, yeah, that goes oh, into sort of Kane, being on I television. Get, I get, a, I get an interview request every single day from somewhere. shape. I got one this morning from Newsmax. I just can't fit it in. I can't do yeah. it. You know, or the site yeah. doesn't run. Stories don't get published at the end of the day. Right. You and I are interested in the same thing, right? Which is the news we're in. We, we like, I, if, if, if I'm a few drinks deep on the Morton's terrace, I am often heard to pound the table and just say, I do the news. <laughs> I do the news. Right. And, and that's what I do. And everything else just is, is trying to get other eyeballs on that news. It's not, the, it's not my goal to be on your TV. Right. Yeah, that's a good point about getting other eyeballs, right? That's the secret ingredient to what we all do. You can publish great content, and you and Natalie do all the time in National Post, but you've got to get people to read it, right? right? And so lucky you and I have become friends, and I help direct yes. as many people as I can. Well, I don't mention it for that reason. You, you have been fantastic in helping to promote citizens. And I even, you know, we still have that conversation in the future that we're going to have where I teach you how to post headlines. So you can, you know, that's the great thing that you can write anything you want in a headline as citizen. I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> and, it and so you get to say things about people and no one knows it's you saying them. And, and it's sort of, in that sense, you know, citizen really is a political gossip rack. Like it's lowbrow in as many ways as it possibly can be. And I'm proud of that. Um, yeah. But you I want to wrap you, up. This. You have, and take this from a British guy, you have the old sense of the British tabloids, the really, <laughs> the really cutting sense. I look at your headlines, right. Kane, and I think, well, I couldn't have come up with that. You know, uh, and well, I regard yeah. myself as good at tabloid headlines. Well, yeah, it's fun stuff. Like, right, I'm doing a story on Justin Trudeau, and then I do a sub headline that Justin Trudeau is is the actual son of Fidel Castro, which I'm a hundred percent convinced he is. And I post <laughs> side by side photos showing it, but yeah, that, like ultimately it's the tabloid aspect of politics that is really interesting. And those are the stories that get the most clicks. Of I mean, course, your, there's your, the your anger story side. right now as we're recording this, right? When I went to it, I sat down, I loaded it up. Um, and it's just, nope. 
Katie, you just sucked as an anchor. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I'm clicking into that story. Like, how do I not? Yeah. Like, how could I not know who that Katie is and who sucked as an anchor? Obviously, it's Katie Couric now that I I, I tap into it. Yeah. But it's just it's yeah. a genius way of running a site. It's absolutely right. unmitigated yeah, genius. It, it, it didn't happen. I mean, it happened by accident, right? You can either, you can do two types of headlines. You can do literal headlines that tell the story, or you can do reaction headlines. Right. And so I flipped to this reaction mode a lot, and I try to prevent myself from doing it. Like, well, whatever, you know. But yeah, with yeah. Katie, her statement about people not wanting a female anchor, it's such bullshit that I had to respond in the way that I did. So, well, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, anything else so, to impart before we uh, before we let you go? Nothing except this was the best, most epic, historic podcast in the history of of Raheem Kassam, even though I haven't listened to most. And <laughs> I love this. I I love being able to talk freely about about politics and and the background stuff, as well as websites and how websites work. And so I look forward to doing this again with yeah. you uh, sometime in the, in the future. We got to so. make we got to make this a regular thing. The content's too good. Kane CitizenFreePress.com. Make sure you're following across all the social media platforms. Kane, thank you. Thank you so much. Not just for joining us and being a great guest, but also for being a great interviewer. Well, yeah, whatever. My skills are there. My skills are there. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, brother. Cheers. All right. Thanks. Oh, I just, you know, he's just brilliant. He really is. And he's just such a nice guy. And he just really cares. Um, so go ahead. Go over to citizenfreepress.com. Show him some love. Leave a comment in the comments section. Get on Getter. If you're not on Getter.com already, there's just so many good people joining Getter now. They're at the 3 million mark on users. The fastest growing social media site just blows the others all away. Um, and I'm, I'm honored to be verified and a part of it. Um, Dr. Navarro's book, remember, In Trump Time, is coming out soon. You're going to want to make sure you get a copy of that. That is, uh, use the URL in, in the description on this podcast. It's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash pulse podcast. If you support our sponsors, you're supporting us. And talking about supporting us, I want to say a great big thank you to some of our newest members. Patty and Cecile and Ida, Sandra, Jim, David, Connor, Thomas, Billy, Pamela, Dennis, Todd, Keith, James... Thank you all so much for joining up at fundrealnews.com. What Kane and I are talking about is real, right? It's real. Conservative media cannot exist without your support. We cannot keep publishing scoops without your support. We can't go out there and recruit new members and, and, and give talks to people, waking them up from their slumber to oppose the tyranny that is being imposed on you without your support. Once again, that URL is fundrealnews.com. I thank you so much for your attention. Thank you so much for your time. Leave a review, share this with friends, leave a comment, and I'll see you again later on this week for the National Pulse.